we need each other. That's facts. I need, I need my sisters. I need my brothers out here. A coward dies a thousand deaths, and for all the bootlickers, may you die a thousand and one. The place for the realest conversations. Tori, you want all the action? Or you want all the smoke? Oh, this man, I'm with all that smoke too, man. I didn't see Ron Johnson. He trash. Chisholm is trash. How the hell are you here to help us and your kids are dying in the street? I understand that this is Milwaukee and everyone believes that if someone says something, it's mentioned. It's not. I don't care if it's the past. If you see the past ain't acting right, you check that fool. Where's the results? Talking topics that need to be highlighted and discussed in our communities. Would you trade places with a black person? Uh, yeah, sure. No, I would not. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever said the N word? Come on, be the ready? truth. We on the truth. <laughs> Unfiltered and unfazed. This is the Tory Low Show on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. The reason I believe the racism is getting worse is because whites know that they will be outnumbered in about 20, 21 years. Mm. They're going to be outnumbered. Hey, Tori, man. How are you doing, brother? I'm actually from India. We brown people can totally relate with you. And sometimes it's like, did that just happen to me? We have to not let the government mind efforts either. That cop ain't never been brought to the public because he ain't normal and he may not even exist no more. Say no more. Release the video. You know, you keep on doing what you're doing, man. You're going to take over this talk radio, man. Just keep on focusing on what you're focusing on. I wish you a lot of love. God bless you, brother. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Tori Lowe. White people are going to Justice Wisconsin, the truth. The most requested advocate in the state. 101.7 FM. The movement continues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee, stand yeah. up, yeah. it's Tory Low, the truth, the wonderful, we about that action, so tap in and let's go, let's go, let's go, we want that justice, we want all the smoke, Woo. from Monday through Friday, trying to bring the city hope, yeah. Tory Low from Tory 1 to 4, Monday through Friday, let's go, we about let's that go. action from the block, and we ready, let's go, tap in, and it ain't no holding back, we ready, y'all ready, we ready, y'all ready, 1017 the truth, Tory Low. Tory Lowe Show live from American Family Insurance Studio downtown at the Avenue. And I'm here for the action. And none but that action. And I want all the smoke. Who wants the smoke today? Salute to my brothers and sisters on the front line. The movement continues. The marathon continues. How you doing, DJ Brother Z? As Benjamin would say, amazing. And how y'all doing out there in Radio Land, Truth Nation? Thank you for joining me this Monday, March 13th, 2023. A lot of things we got to discuss. We got a guest that will be talking to us at the top of the hour. And uh, it's Monday, so y'all know what time it is. You know about that Monday prayer. So let's let everybody get together, get on one accord. Let's bring Minister Kevin on the lines. How you doing, Minister Kevin? I'm blessed and highly favored. How you doing, my brother? Hey, it's a beautiful day, another day to get it right. We bless. We bless, Minister Kevin. That's all you can ask for, man. You know, no matter what you did in the past, what you did yesterday, you got another day to get it right. Right, right. So and, uh, you know, forward. with with the weather changing, because, you know, spring is right around the corner, you know, and, uh, you know, it's going to be great time to make great change. Uh, when I always make, like, extreme changes when the weather changes. 
Yeah, so we got another another week or so of this winter. Mm-hmm. Winter don't want to leave. It came out today right. and let you know that we're still here. So don't rush it. Just let things happen, man. That's the analogy of life, you know. We try to rush things to the good. But we don't know. Winter is still good yet because it's still killing off the uh, the different bugs that we have in the spring and the summer. Mm. So we need that, you know. We don't need to be having bugs in our face all year long. We ain't down in Florida when we getting bit by mosquitoes <laughs> all year long. Right. <laughs> Hey, y'all, a lot of y'all want to take them trips. To, y'all want to take them trips to the high places, but they don't tell you about the the insect problem that they have. <laughs> right, they get you. They eat on you, like you say, chewing on you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody had told me it was somewhere yep. that they had flying roaches. I said I, that's something I never want to see. Oh yeah, that's out of Texas, and they they bought biggest dominoes too. No, I ain't. I haven't seen one. But um, I I'm not I'm not ready for all of that. I'm not ready for that. So I like my Wisconsin weather, where we get to touch different seasons, you know. And and you know I like that cycle. I think that people from Wisconsin we'll 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 work with any type of weather. We because we are used to having different seasons. I uh, when it snows so in certain parts of uh, down south when it snows they shut the whole uh, city down. But we'll be out there driving. We out there driving right now. We be out there, yes. And when it gets forty degrees, we out now. T shirts. <laughs> hey, you know, they forty degrees. That's a badge of honor. That's a badge of honor wearing your shorts and t shirt in forty degree weather. Yes, they out there in fur coats and hats and everything. <laughs> right. I'd be like, man, these people yeah, weak. These people know. soft. It's forty degrees. It's like it's right. all, that's a blessing. Right. We turn it up. We finna go out and play some football on the street and everything. We talking about. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> well, but but like I said, when the weather when the times are changing, there's so many things that we gotta deal with and, and coming up in this new year and we're trying not to repeat a lot of the things that happened in twenty twenty two. And, you know, so I'm hearing uh that the police department dropping a new plan, uh uh, uh you know, a stop the violence plan, a forty two page plan. On how they're going to attack, you know, some of the issues of violence in the community. I think I'm going to talk about that on the show today. I just seen something on the news a little while ago, about a half hour ago, talking about they're going to have something for um, this reckless driving. They're going to have a meeting for it. And uh, this is the first I've heard of it just about a half hour ago. But they said the registration is closed. Why are you just announcing it now if the registration is closed? Can't nobody go in and join in in the meeting and talk about how you're going to deal with reckless driving or anything else going on? Well, well I think that we required? had a lot of – hold on. I think we had a lot of conversations about reckless driving last year, and I think that sometimes when they talk about having these meetings, um, it's just the first way to make it appear that something is going on. But – I would love to see some of the final outcomes, uh, how they plan on tackling some of these things. And uh, I'm interested in, in trying to see some of the outcomes because I think that we've talked about a lot of things that's been going on in the black community for a long time. We're just waiting to see the more tangible outcomes. Yeah, but see, they want to talk to the community, people in the community, which is a good idea because I think people in the community have more of a, a grip on where a lot of the things are happening at the reckless driving, mm-hmm. where, where you see it at, what's going on in your own community. And I think they got statistics. I think that they should have 
statistics. I mean, you got if incidents happen, uh, police reports happen, so they have uh, incident reports or things that they can measure where the areas are. I'm just trying to see what is the exact plan of action. Yeah, it'd be nice to see all that. But I'm saying when you're out driving all the time and you see, so every time I go down the street, there's always a bunch of people running the same light. Like I said before, you know, you need accountability. So why wouldn't you put a, a police car or two there? Even if nobody's in a car, just as a deterrence for people to go running that light. You know what I mean? They've done that in the past where they play. Oh, I see plenty, cars, plenty of speed traps, yeah. You know, just to deter people from doing the things that they do at nighttime or all through the day, but they really do a lot of it at night because there's no accountability. There's no police there to stop them from running the lights and, and, and speeding and swerving and doing whatever it is they want to do. So, I mean, just a little deterrence may help. Okay. I'm not saying you got to take anybody's car. You got to put them in jail or nothing like that. Just deter them by having a vehicle or something, some kind of presence. I know they talk about the red light cameras and everything, but they all, they're going to be minimalizing that as far as where they would have those. I mean, if you're going to have them, you need to have them everywhere. Hey, you need to look up how you got to look up how they did it in Chicago with the red light cameras. A lot of citizens were complaining that uh, the red light cameras was uh, writing tickets for things for people that weren't even involved in uh, some of the reckless ideas. I think that that was a disaster from what I was reading when I was looking at what took place in Chicago. Chicago got over a million people around there. So it was a lot of. It was a lot of catch twenty twos with that. It, it is, but you gotta have a remedy for it because I got one myself uh, in Waukegan. They said I ran a red light. Well, light didn't exist. Right. right. I, there was no light even on I'm the just saying, structure on that corner. Every and that light was not even there. And they, <laughs> computer systems have glitches. They got me on that one. So you might get caught up yeah, in the glitch. Yeah. So I'm just they gotta have a remedy for everything though. You know, don't just sit back and say, nah, well we got you. You gotta have a remedy. Because the remedy they have pretty much don't work. They need to fine tune that. They just say, Well, that's not one of our excuses that we accept. It, it don't matter what your excuse you accept, there was no light there. Because there's construction that light was removed. Mm. And you're gonna tell me I ran something that's not there. <laughs> <laughs> hey. That's why we need prayer, Minister Kevin. That's why we got you on the line. We need that prayer. We need that Monday prayer, Truth Nation. I need y'all to gather around. Get your energy on one accord today. Thank you, Minister Kevin. This is a prayer of appreciation. Not that everything is going so right, but that you, O Lord, have kept us, even when things are going wrong and going in the wrong direction. Through our pains and sicknesses, you have shown to be a God of healing and restoration. When times got tough and bills were due, you let us know that you are always an on-time God. We honor you because you are worthy of all praise. Now we ask that you keep us covered under your blood once again this week. We claim victory in the mighty name of Jesus. Let the church say amen, amen, and amen. Hey. Powerful. Powerful. Thank you for that Monday prayer, Minister Kevin. Do you got anything else you want to say? As always, my brother, stay cool, stay calm, and stay focused. All right. Thank you for tapping in. Hey, look, when we come back, we got another guest on the lines from the Pulitzer Prize event that's coming up on the 28th 
in Madison, Wisconsin. We're going to talk to the Pulitzer's, Pulitzer uh, Prize people. Stay locked in right here on Tory Lowe. And that's Tory Lowe bringing you all the action and all the smoke. You are listening to The Tory Lowe Show on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Having the truth, Tory Low, Tory Low show. Hey, look, we got guests. We got a guest, Marjorie Miller. Uh, she's administrator with the Pulitzer Prize Administration. How you doing, Marjorie? I'm doing very well. How are you? Hey, I'm excited to have you on uh, the show today because uh, there's an event coming up in Madison on the 28th with the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, Award. These are people who are winning awards for stories, and this will be done in Madison on the twenty eighth. Can you tell it everybody that's listening to the show? What first of all, what is the Pulitzer Prize? Sure, and thank you for having uh, me on. I appreciate it very much. Uh, the Pulitzers are the most important prizes in American journalism. And they were established by Joseph Pulitzer, who was a publisher of the New York World. The first prizes were given in 1917. Now we give out uh, 23 prizes a year, including 15 in journalism. And the point of uh, his establishing this and, and the prizes today are to honor journalism that exposes wrongdoing, holds the powerful to account, And by the powerful, we mean business leaders, government, universities, sports institutions, anyone who is abusing their power, Mm. uh, whether it's um, stealing money or not delivering what they promised to deliver or physically abusing people. And that um, serves the communities. And that's what we hope to show with this event, how um, Pulitzer Prize winning journalism watches out for the health and safety of communities. Right. And and I've worked with several of those uh, Pulitzer Prize winners uh, right here in the state of Wisconsin with the journal, uh, different, mm-hmm. different uh, people that are uh, trying to report what's really going on out here with the people. So I appreciate that there's an award for that because many times when uh, you are rewarded for really uh, exposing some of the things that are going on with many times powerful people, you're frowned upon. Well, I don't think, yes, you're frowned upon by the people who are powerful or abusing their power. Right. (laughs) But I don't think 
that right. the people who this journalism serves uh, at all, a lot of times they don't understand it or know about it and are skeptical of the media. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times um, they're critical, sometimes justifiably mm-hmm. and sometimes not. But the point is uh, we're here to write about uh, a lot of the things that don't work and people who are supposed to be working for the public and don't. And so in these two uh, stories that they'll hear about at the event, uh, one is from the Milwaukee uh, Journal Sentinel, which reported on electrical fires and rental properties. Mm -hmm. I was a part of that. And the other one is from Tampa. Sorry? I was a part of the electrical fires. I actually got my first uh, Wisconsin Broadcast Association award from that uh, electrical fire article as well. Well, that's very important reporting. Right. And a lot of the victims I was dealing with that had house fires, that electrical fires, um, we worked together with uh, the journal to try to make some of those known to the public. But a lot of the investigative reporting on that was phenomenal. You know, as far as uh, the the details of how uh, people who are supposed to be able to handle these things was just simply ignoring it. Yes. Ignored by the landlords, ignored by um, uh, uh, officials. And the reason we want to keep talking about this is not only because it was such great work, but because I can't believe that um, Milwaukee was alone in this. It Mm. must be happening in other cities, and we'd love to inspire journalists to look elsewhere in Wisconsin and, in fact, around the the country. Now, now... It's 2023. How has journalism changed since you 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 been the since the Pulitzer first started? How how has it changed over the years? Oh man, uh, it's changed at accelerating, almost breakneck speed. Um, originally, Pulitzer prizes were only given for what we now call text reporting, newspaper mm. reporting, right? But over time, not only did they add a number of book categories, music and drama, but a lot of different categories in journalism, from cartooning to photography to what we now call multi, multi-format multi reporting, which is usually on a digital platform, and it has... Uh, you know, text reporting, newspaper reporting, as it was called, but it all has also has graphic uh, images of data or storytelling. It has photos, and it has often uh, video, and it's no longer necessarily in print, but uh, online. Dude, I didn't hear radio. I didn't. I didn't hear that they have a radio. Uh... I'm sorry. Oh, that was terrible of me. Because hey. Actually, since 2020. Oh, man, my bad. <laughs> I, <laughs> hey, you know, don't, 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 since, don't cut us out over here. I'm so sorry because since 2020, <laughs> we have an audio. We have an audio portrait since 2020. That's what's oh, up. I can't believe I did that. No, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> like, I just, you know, because really, you know, I really am excited uh, because the event is in Madison on the 28th. And I think that this is something important for the public to pay attention to because uh, the Pulitzer is, is giving awards and pay, and bringing attention to journalists that are doing the real homework to try to 
uh, expose some of the things that are going on in the in the community and many times out of the status quo, out of the establishment. And 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 this is why I say uh, you guys are encouraging people to take those chances and investigate and bring uh, some of the things that are going on to light. That's right. And one thing I'd like to point out is that uh, on the uh, what's changed in journalism over time is that there's a lot more give and take between media and the audience. And so it used to be you put out a newspaper and then, you know, sometime later you got a letter to the editor that you published. And now you put out a story. It goes online as well as in the newspaper, perhaps. And you get immediate feedback, positive and negative. And um, we often get our sources, say, from social media, from groups that are online, and there are citizen journalists there. You remember the case of Darnella Frazier, right. who uh, used her phone to record the murder of George Floyd yes. and posted it on Facebook and Instagram. And that became evidence in the arrest and conviction, convictions of the police. And she was awarded a special citation by the Pulitzer Board. Oh, wow. Once again, Truth Nation, yeah. we're on the lines with Marjorie Miller, administrator of the Pulitzer Prize. There is an event coming up in Madison on the 28th. And can you tell who's invited to this event? Who do you want to come to this event in Madison? Well, we'd like anybody who wants to come to come, but particularly people who don't always have access to uh, direct access to speak with journalists and to Mm. hear how they do their work and what it takes to put out um, reporting like this. In, in both of these cases, it was, I think, a year to 18 months of work to get to the people they needed to talk to and get the information that they needed to get. And right. so we want people to hear that. We want them to understand that. And we want them to ask questions and maybe tell us about some other stories. How has social media affected journalism? Because now everybody's a journalist. Everybody's reporting. Uh, they got these iPhones. They got these Androids. They're there on the scene. How has technology affected uh, journalism? Sure. I would say it is uh, a complicated question. And I think that it, it, social media is tremendously important. But it's important to think of social media largely as platforms as opposed to the content on the platform. Mm. So traditional media gets a lot of sources and tips from social media, and they also promote their work on social media to get it out to the public. Um, But I think it's very important to be aware of a couple of things. One is that traditional media go through a very rigorous uh, editing and fact-checking process. Doesn't mean they don't make mistakes, doesn't mean that they they don't get things wrong. But by and large, they're when they publish a story, it's been through a process of checking. And and social media is very difficult to verify. Anybody can put anything up there. Right. Um in traditional media we try to differentiate between reporting and opinion. And so there are, you know, there are Pulitzers for opinion reporting, such as commentary, editorials, criticism, but those are separate from 
uh, prizes for reported work, right. investigative, local, those. Uh, in social media, it's very difficult often to distinguish between rumor and reported fact. And you have, people have to treat that with care, especially in a case of a natural disaster or some kind of crisis. People generally go to the legacy media, radio, television, news sites, because they want to get the facts and not the rumors. Mm, I got you. I mean, and many times a lot of people, you know, I saw that there was kind of like some pushback against uh, some of the media outlets because some media outlets report uh, from the right and then some media outlets report from the left. And so they figure might as well get it from the people on the ground because it doesn't have all of the political angles. Well, we're trying to promote in our reporting prizes and recognize reporting that was done on the ground right. and with witnesses and with data that is um, verifiable. I think that there is a role in our it, it, look. There's a whole debate, as you know, about activist journalism that right. is going on. My organization, and I personally believe that journalism is one thing and activism is another. Mm-hmm. And they feed each other. Uh, and there's a role for both of them. But the legacy media prefers to separate reported journalism and opinion journalism. And I think that that's healthy. I think it. In a, in a time when everything is so politicized, the more we can keep reporting and opinion separately, separate, the better. But there's, you know, there's tons of award-winning journalism that got tips from and help from activist journalists. You know, right. one of them that comes to mind when I was at the AP was um, a project called Seafood uh, Slaves. And this was in South Asia. And the reporting ended up helping to free 2,000 slaves on fishing boats. Uh, oh, and wow. But some of that information came from activists initially to help us, help guide us and show us where this was happening. Okay. Hey, look, I appreciate you for joining me in this conversation because many times when we talk about uh, journalists and getting mm-hmm. getting the stories or investigative journalism you know, we, we, we kind of watch a lot of people go to investigative journalists to fight some of the deeper issues in our community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I think that that's a much needed part of journalism. And I think that many times um, when I deal with reporters or different type of stories, uh, I am one of those resources for a lot of these stories. And I just love to hear that these are helping people. Uh, and they're willing they're winning uh, these type of prizes because it encourages other journalists to really do their homework and really uh, try to, to find a situation that they can expose to help the people. And I really appreciate uh, the Pulitzer uh, for being there to award some things like that. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate being on your program to what, well, you talk know, about this. When I come when I come to Madison, I'm gonna do my show from Madison that day because I'm I'm coming up there on the twenty eighth, but I'll do my show from one to four uh, live from Madison. So hopefully you can if you can stop in live. That would I think be great. And also I know you're going to speak with uh before then I believe you're gonna speak with Raquel Rutledge of yes. the 
yes. Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and um, Corey Johnson of the Tampa Bay Times is the other uh, project that we'll talk about on uh, a battery plant that was poisoning uh, the workers and the neighborhood with lead. Yep, they will be on here uh, coming up. And then I think next week I will have uh, Raquel Rettledge on the show. And uh, Corey will be on soon after that. So I'm looking forward to seeing them uh, and talking to them. And then uh, on the 28th, I'm definitely uh, making it a whole day because this event will be at in the evening from uh, 7 to 8.30 p.m. That's right. In and Madison. it's at the Overture um, uh, Performance Center downtown. Can you repeat that one more time? The Overture uh, Performance Center downtown. Okay. Overture. All right. And, yeah. and is there is there a fee to get in or? <clears throat> no, it's free. And, of course, I forgot to bring the link with me, but I will send that to you, and then you can put it on when uh, Raquel and Corey are there. But it's a free event, but we do like people to register first. Anything that you think that we didn't discuss or that people should know about what's going on with the Pulitzer or the event, what should people know? Just to um, come with an open mind about journalism. And, um, you know, our goal with taking these, uh, this is our first Pulitzer on the road, and we would like to see how it goes and take it around the country. Our goal really is is to get people who don't already read all the media and are not horribly hostile to the media, right. but people who just want to know more and who are uh, maybe skeptical, that's fine, but um, people we don't always get to talk to and who uh, don't always get to talk to us. Okay. Well, look, I'm looking forward to the event. I'm making a whole day out of it. I will be at our Madison studios uh, going live with my show, and then I'll be there for the program this evening, but uh, we'll definitely have uh, great conversations, and I'm interested in and in doing more things like so the public can understand how journalism, investigative journalism, can actually uh, have a positive effect on our communities. Great, fantastic! I look forward to meeting you. All right, Marjorie Miller, administrator of the Pulitzer Prize. Thank you for coming on the Tory Lowe Show, and I will talk to you soon. Great, thank you. All right, God bless you. All right, look, when we come back, we'll have a pop culture report. Stay locked in right here on Tory Lowe. This is the Tory Lowe Show on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app at 1017thetruth.com. One on one, seven the truth, Tory Low, Tory Low Show, DJ Brother Z in the building. Uh, it's the Pop Culture Report, and uh, it's just me and Brother Z today, Melanie Ricks. Out on assignment, out with the Bucks, traveling with the Bucks. Salute. Speaking of the Bucks, uh, the Bucks had a, a a terrible overtime loss to the Golden State Warriors uh, over the weekend. But Marquette, Marquette, Golden Eagles 
are the number two seed in the East region. Uh, Damn. Marquette is in the tourney, and they have won uh, over the weekend. They won their game, uh, the Big East Championship game. Uh, the and, and to me, the Eagles, the Marquette Eagles, and the, uh, for some reason the Milwaukee Panthers uh, have done well this year. Both college teams have done well. You can hear the Milwaukee Panther games on the truth. And uh, I really kind of believe that, you know, we helped out with some of this, our energy, you know, talking about uh, the the Eagles and the Panthers and uh, they are doing well. And the Marquette will be in the March Madness tournament. They will be in the second seed. They will be facing Vermont, which is a 15th seed. Uh, Marquette are the champions of the Big East Conference. I mean, I don't, did anybody see this coming, Marquette? Uh, Winning the Big East Conference? I mean, I think that they thought that they were good, but I think this is the first time ever Big East tourney win out of all the teams. So salute to Marquette. This is the first time that they were able to win this. Uh, I hope that they go on to win it all. Maybe maybe they'll win it all. You know, the college championship. I'm interested. So that's the next uh, The next game is uh... – the, just the big championship. No, they, they're going into the. They won the the, the Big East championship, uh, but now they're going into the tournament. You know, uh, they they're they're number two seed in the East region. You know, so it's it's about to be March Madness. Oh, so they'll be like they'll be in the brackets. Yeah. Oh snap! Oh, so this is about to go down. You know, this is it. This is uh this is the run. So are you are you about to? How far are you about to put them in your back? I'm, 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 look, I'm for any Milwaukee team. I'm going. I'm going all the way. I'm going all the way, and 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 call it favoritism. I'm one of those people that I, I was born and raised in, in in Wisconsin, and any Wisconsin team that entered the tournament, I'm going. I'm going to root for them all the way until they get put out, or until something happens where they don't uh, perform. But I'm going to say that they're going all the way because. I just like to see Wisconsin win. I just like I'm a Packer fan. I'm a Brewers fan. I'm a Bucks fan. I'm a Marquette fan. I'm a Panther fan. I'm an all Milwaukee inclusive fan. So I just want to see victory. <laughs> hey, you know, it don't take much to make my day. Long as long as we got some teams out here winning, I'm straight. But uh, salute to the, uh, Marquette for uh, winning that East tournament, and uh, they've been they're. First time ever. First time ever. And they're going in as the second seed in the East region. Uh, they, will, they will face Vermont. And the Vermont is a 15 seed. So let's hope that Marquette goes all the way to the end, to the uh, NCAA Division One Men's Basketball Championship. Hey! hey. I'm, 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 here, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, so look, and shout out to uh, Tony Smith. Uh, who comes on the show on Wednesdays? He's out there. Uh, he's 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 uh, he does the he's a voice of the uh, Marquette uh, University boys basketball team, and salute to him. You and know. shout out to Carrie Noni too. Yeah, she's oh, the host. Oh, yeah, she is the in-game host at Marquette. So salute to you. We got a good team over here. Thanks. Every, we, hey. we all we all out here. We all out here. We got doing that stuff. energy going, and, and then and then you, uh, DJ Brother Z, you are a Bucks DJ. Yep, I'm Bucks Concourse DJ. Putting it in, putting in that work. 
Yes, sir. Wait, was you there Saturday? Uh, no. So I, I, I had a busy weekend. I DJed out in Oconomowoc on Friday, and then I had to DJ a wedding last night. Okay, that's what's up. So but, yeah, but still, Saturday was technically like my rest day. But even then, okay. I was, I was working. So. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I, I'll tell you this: the Bucks, the Panthers, and and uh, and uh, and Marquette. To me, I feel like we got some good basketball coming out of the state of Wisconsin and the Wisconsin. I mean, they they not doing as good as they've been doing in previous years, but we got some good sports programs right now. So even though UWM lost their last game the other week, they're still playing? Well, they they're in the um the uh the CBI, you know, that's a that's like the the invitational. It's not the it's not the men's uh, NCAA uh, championship tournament. This is like a, a invitational that happens. It's like it's like the second tier tournament. So, oh, okay. So it's like pan- you guys, you guys did good. So you guys can come like down and play for the invitational. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's something good when they had thirteen new players and a brand new coach. Right. So that that's a good base. That's a good start. So we, I'm, you know. Salute to all of the teams. Uh, hopefully that we can come through with some victories. Uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for that action. But uh, when we come back, I want to go over to the Oscars. Who, who Did y'all even watch the Oscars last night? I, I didn't. I just kind of was peeking at it. I was hoping that Angela Bassett could get her first Oscar. I mean, we're going to talk. Look, we're going to talk about it when we get back. Truth Nation, stay locked in right here on Tory Lowe. It's the Tory Lowe Show on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Having the truth, Tory Lowe, Tory Lowe show, DJ Brother Z in the building on the one and twos. Pop culture report. Hey, look, uh, I got to talk about this Angela Bassett thing that happened at the Oscars. Now, I don't know who watched the Oscars last night because I, I couldn't watch it all. Like, I wasn't really super interested in the Oscars, but I was hoping, I was hoping that. Angela Bassett could get that, uh, finally get her Oscar. She's a legend, uh, and uh, she got snubbed. A lot of people felt like she got snubbed uh, because she uh, she went up against Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, both of them were in the same category. Bassett, uh, her age is 64. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is 64, and they were both nominated for the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for their, uh, and uh, Bassett was awarded for the role in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Jamie Lee Curtis was in a movie that I never even heard about. <laughs> uh, maybe I wasn't, you know, I, I never heard of this, but uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. I guess this, huh? this movie, I never heard of this movie, but once again, uh, when it was announced that Curtis won, 
the camera, you know, they always put the camera on people's faces. And uh, Angela Bassett seemed like she was less than thrilled, like she kind of got cheated out of winning her Oscar. And Twitter went crazy. Damn. You know, and and I think that uh, when you look at the headlines, depending on what race is <laughs> is actually writing the story. I looked up and I looked on Fox News, national news, and this was the headlines. And and, and you can't make this up. The, it said Angela Basket accused of being a sore loser and viral Oscar moment for Jamie Lee Curtis. See, see, see how when it's on the right. They calling her a sore loser. And then if you go uh, to uh, other media sources like the Independent, they say Angela Bassett snubbed as Hugh Grant, uh, you know, they say she was snubbed depending on what angle. Yeah, the New York Post uh, said she acted kind of shady. Right. And it said everybody, it said Jamie Lee Curtis had the crowd cheering, uh, loudly cheering when she won her first Oscar, everyone except Angela. And her husband looking crazy too, like you know you got to smell the you smell some poop face, like you know that face you make if you smell you know if you smell chitlins the face that you just can't control yeah like you know your nose turn up that's that's the face the husband making you know and 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 you know I I'll tell you this Wakanda forever you know uh, was a powerful role a lot of people thought that she should have won it. And, uh, I've never heard the movie of the movie that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis played in. I never even seen it, but a lot of people feel like the Oscars is is one of those things. Is when it comes to black actors, you gotta kind of play a little villain, you know, you know, like Holly Berry and uh, Denzel Washington. Shout out to Holly Berry. Yeah, I mean, they they. <laughs> You know, I think that people are starting to realize that the Oscars may not be the creme de la creme. So I saw, while the Oscars was going on, I saw Spike Lee and Denzel Washington. They didn't even go. They was at the Laker game. As they should have been. Yeah, like, I mean, I think that now, <laughs> I think these award shows is overrated. I think that sometimes people uh, are starting to realize, like, the Grammys, these, these Oscars, you know, a lot of times people feel like, man, that the right people are not winning these things. Yeah, it's catered to a certain audience. Right, it's definitely catered to a certain audience. So I think that people are going to start uh, paying less attention to these things. I think that only reason I would have tuned in this year is because of the slap and from I last year. And I heard that they kind of, like, addressed it, like, right at the start. Uh, Jimmy Kimball. Yeah. Jimmy Kimball kind of addressed it. I didn't like. I didn't like the monologue. It, it wasn't. It wasn't it. too funny, but he kind of talked about it. I, I don't think it was that funny. I think the, I don't think it was really. I thought that Chris Rock was going to make an appearance because he had dri- <laughs> he had just dropped his Netflix. That would have been funny. He just uh, dropped his Netflix special, Selective Outrage. Yeah, and and discussed it right before the Oscars. So I thought that he would make uh, an appearance at the Oscars, but uh, I, I don't see that. I didn't even watch. Well, yeah, I mean, after you drop a, a bad comedy special like that, right. I, I wouldn't show. So my, you think that the Chris Rock comedy special wasn't that good? Yeah, I didn't laugh. Like it was not funny. I watched it, and I don't think it was it was super funny. Like I, I got it's not super funny, times. but I'm like I, I can't. I was, I'm like, I'm glad this is only an hour, right? 
I mean, it wasn't super funny. And he kept messing up the jokes. He definitely he definitely messed up two jokes, but on the replay they cut it out. But if you watched it live, he messed up a couple but jokes. But that's the thing. I watched it the day after and it was still messed up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's crazy. All right. When we come back, uh, I'm going to open up the lines, Truth Nation. I got a question for Truth Nation. Stay locked in right here on Tory Lone. 